0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And today I have congressional candidate for California's 10th district, Ryan Blevins. Um, Ryan, Bevelins, Ryan uh, Blevins is running for Congress, and uh, he's California's 10th district. He's worked in the automation industry, and he's running running kind of similar to, uh, from what I've seen him post a lot, kind of similar to Andrew Yang's uh, campaign, that kind of style. He's really looking to um, very moder- modernizing uh, a lot of our you know, schools and the way we're addressing climate change and things like that. And so Ryan, just uh, how about you introduce yourself and what you're standing for and why you're running?
1: Uh,
0: yeah, I'm Ryan
1: Blevins and my number three uh, legislative priorities is the freedom dividend, uh, ending our wars and supporting our farmers. So, the first one, uh, Freedom Dividend, uh, as many of you probably know, is a centerpiece for andrew yang 's platform uh, where he would give a thousand dollars a month to every citizen uh, i su- I support that idea, but my version is a little bit different because he gives a one thousand dollars a month uh, to every citizen mine would just remove the fixed income part so that we would just get whatever we get back from taxes so uh, some months you'll get 800 a months you'll get 1200 it'll be about the same um, ending the forever wars is pretty uh, self-explanatory and supporting our farmers is code for climate change
0: uh, okay uh, that's really interesting the your version of the freedom dividend It actually uh it kind of clears up a lot of the stuff i've been seeing because I've had problems with Andrew Yang because he's gonna have to uh spend more money and it, it possibly like you know drive up costs for some things um and I kind of had some issues with that I, like the general concept can be i think if you do it right good, and the way you just explained it, i've never really um thought of it that way, but that's actually really interesting um that's really cool because i when I wrote on here is I saw you had u b i and I didn't see on your website um I probably just missed it but I didn't see how you were doing that. So I was about to ask what version, but that's actually um, really interesting. So talking about foreign policy, so you want to get out forever wars. Something that just happened was um, Donald Trump with uh, the bombing. What do you uh, take right now? What is your stance right now on the current situation in Iran?
1: Well, right before I uh, entered this call, I was at a protest in Modesto. And while I was there, I met a candidate that is running for mayor Mm -hmm. and he actually has family that lives there and they were actually, uh, experiencing a lot of these bad decisions that we're making. So he's personally affected by our involvement in Iraq right now, which is pretty, uh, Pretty depressing to hear him talk about it, but he's a real cool guy. Um, if you're Modesto, vote, vote for him.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, um, what's his name?
1: Uh, I'm sorry. He gave, he gave me his card, but uh,
0: I don't have it in front of me. And I don't <laughs> that's really all right. remember. <laughs> um, so, actual, so, on that uh, subject, so there's uh, two sides to this, people are saying. So, the Republicans are saying, okay, we killed him. Um, this guy was, you know, one of the top terrorists saying he was going to kill Americans. So, do you believe that we should have killed him, or do you believe we should have um, not killed him and escalated this? I think we should have pulled out a long time ago. Uh,
1: the approval rating of the war dropped to something like eighteen percent in twenty thirteen. So, if eighty percent of the public is saying that we should leave, should leave. So, this war should have ended a long time ago. So, what we need to do is we need to uh, bring our troops back immediately before we cause more problems because uh, this war is actually illegal. Uh, the Constitution says that only Congress has the power to declare war, and Congress hasn't declared war officially since 1942. So, it's uh, we yeah. gotta end this.
0: Yeah, I had uh, seen a lot of people talking about that, uh, especially because they said this, the current strike he did was an act of war, and that is uh, illegal under the Constitution. Um, that's what, it, it, I think it'd be hard for people to prove, like, I believe that it was, um, but sadly, because of how the House is divided currently, um it would never be partisan that people would agree on that, but uh, they, that, I'm really interested to see how that plays out. I'm also think that we should be getting out of these wars. Um, yeah, like you said, like only 18 or whatever you said, that really low percentage of people who agree with right. these wars. And if we're really going to have a democracy, I do agree that they, um, we should be hearing from what people are saying and not just giving power. to mm-hmm. so one pe- people, people, uh, one person in charge. Um, So your education said modernize our education. Can you expand on that? On what you mean by modernizing our education?
1: So right now we have a uh, K through 12 system, and I didn't graduate so long ago because I'm only 25. Mm -hmm. So I graduated from high school in 2013, and when I was there, they didn't uh, teach us very much about. The economy that we're entering into right now
2: mm-hmm. so a
1: lot of the people that i know uh, they had to move out to uh different areas to get work because uh, the companies don't want to move into uh, our area because they they look at our education system and they think oh uh they're not very well educated there. So we're just gonna keep all of our companies near all of these colleges. So what I wanna do is I want to uh, improve our schooling through uh, hands-on training and maybe uh, add one or two years to the, the course. So maybe it would be a K through 14 system where the final two years would be like a job preparation. Mm-hmm. so they would teach you skills that are necessary to become like a technician or a mechanic or something
0: yeah uh i actually i seen there's a poll that was i think it was it was talking about the percentage of people that go on to be like i forgot it was some kind of wage basically being successful from school and it's not a high percentage and from what i've heard a lot of people say is because they number like schools um number one like they don't they they they're stuck in one place, they don't really, like, as you want to modernize their education, like, keep up, tell them how, like, what what you're going into whenever you're graduating. It kind of leaves uh, the kids um, left for themselves on what they have to do. And so, I think, yeah, I, I agree that is something we should do. Um, I'd love to see schools starting to do that. And that's an interesting point you brought up about how jobs are moving to those kind of schools and away from the ones that aren't. Um, teaching kids these things, these, uh, the lower schools. And so that's really interesting. Um, so your healthcare, you believe in Medicare for All. Is it the kind of Medicare that, uh, like, Elizabeth, I mean, that like Bernie Sanders um, is proposing or is yours different?
1: Uh, I support Bernie Sanders in the Care for All plan. He's been fighting it for a long time. And it's, a lot of people agree with his vision of healthcare, where you do raise taxes, But effectively, cost goes down because in every other country they do have a universal healthcare system, and in every single country their healthcare is cheaper than ours. And not only is it cheaper than ours, but it is also a higher quality in some cases.
0: Uh, Yeah, Uh, I I'm not sure where I stand on Bernie Sanders' plan. I had looked into it and it was, it was interesting. The only thing that had gotten me was the taxes um, about them increased, but I would have to definitely look for that. But um, yeah, that's actually, so you stand with Bernie Sanders position. So on climate crisis, you said investing in new technology. Is that correct for a climate uh, for the climate crisis? Um, is that, and what does that really mean when you say investing in new technology? So when they uh, when people think about
1: the climate crisis, they normally think about uh, the carbon dioxide emissions, right? Because you know uh, the car- parts per million of carbon dioxide is increasing um, in our atmosphere every year, and it's been increasing for about 150 years to the point where it has warmed our planet by about 1.5 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Um, But there's also other parts of the climate that we are affecting too. Uh, Just think about the plastic crisis where 99% of our plastic waste goes to the bottom of the ocean. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also have uh, these coal-fired plants. And when they mine coal, uh, there are trace amounts of uranium in there. So mm-hmm. when they burn the coal, the uranium, my, uh, small small particles of uranium are uh, dispersed into the atmosphere mm-hmm. and they fall into fields and they're making the, uh, the fields more slightly more radioactive. So my plans uh, are what uh, the nuclear initiative, which would uh, replace coal fired plants with nuclear pa- plants which are actually less radioactive, and they don't emit carbon. And, and for the plastic issue, uh, I want to research into uh, genetic engineering of bacteria because there are, there is bacteria at the bottom of the ocean that has adapted to the super high pressures. Mm-hmm. And there has also been uh, bacteria that has evolved to uh, break down plastic Mm -hmm. so I think if we could create a hybrid of the two and then test it in a lab environment to determine that it's safe uh, Mm -hmm. we could unleash it to the bottom of the ocean and it would get rid of the plastic that we can't reach.
0: Oh wow that's actually I've never really heard of that that's a really cool idea so you said nuclear energy you'd be replacing uh, coal plants is that correct? Yeah, so I want
1: to uh, put a very small tax on energy that would go towards manufacturing uh, advanced nuclear ra- reactors, including the molten salt reactors mm-hmm. and the thorium reactors.
0: That Yeah, I've been seeing um, a lot of people, especially in the Democratic uh, 2020 uh, primary, uh, they're very split on that about nuclear energy. And um, we have some people like we have Tulsi Gabbard and Bernie Sanders who are strongly against nuclear energy. And we have people like Andrew Yang who are for it. And it, I'm not quite sure where I stand. I'm actually, that's something I've been debating for a while is trying to find my position on um, things like that, uh, on the, on energy. And nuclear energy is really hard because, for me because for, I see it's zero emission. Um, but what it does scare me about, uh, the, the disaster, how disastrous it could be. Do you, um, do you use air solution for this high threat and the high danger of the destruction of a plant?
1: Um, nuclear energy is actually the safest energy source in the world. And also when people like Tom Steyer say that, uh, there is not a safe, uh, way to, um, Hold nuclear waste. They are actually wrong, and we do have solutions to hold the nuclear waste. For example, we have uh, dry cask storage, which are these giant uh, 150-ton cylinders of concrete where you can uh, place. I think it's 190 rods of uranium, and it will actually be. Um, it'll be compared. It'll be similar to being very high in the atmosphere. Uh, so think of like uh, the International Space Station, you know, they go around, they're at 200 miles of alt- altitude. There's a little bit of air uh, up there, but they're they're still being shielded by, by the Earth a lot. And um, they receive a similar radiation dose to the people that actually work on these containers. So it's actually very safe. Uh, it's actually safer than everything else we have. So we mentioned the nuclear disasters. Uh, A lot of people mentioned the 2011 nuclear disaster at Fukushima. But I think that's kind of weird because uh, there was like a 9.0 earthquake and a a tsunami that was over 100 feet tall. And the nuclear plant still survived. Uh, That disaster killed 18,000 Japanese people. but. Nobody died from the nuclear reactor. It was all from the earthquake and the tsunami. And uh, the engineers that worked in Japan were able to contain everything within like three or four days. Uh, And then when you think back to Chernobyl, which is the disaster that most people point to, um, that was just sheer incompetence and it was completely preventable. The reason why it exploded was because uh, someone decided to take out all of the safety features from the reactor.
0: That's okay. I, yeah, it's funny. I'd actually never heard of that um, before. That's something I have to definitely look into. Um, well, yeah, definitely. That's uh, I, I, When I hear the people that most people that defend nuclear energy, they don't really point to those. And that's something I think most people who are defending nuclear energy need to start pointing out when they're defending it, because all they are saying is that it's zero emissions. But I think people need to start pointing to what's the safest. Um, and that's actually a really good point. So I have, I'm going to go over two more, um, see what your stances are on two more things, and then I'm going to have a few other questions. Um, so what is your position on a wealth tax?
1: Um, well, when I originally heard of the wealth tax, uh, when Bernie Sanders originally proposed it, I thought it sounded like a good idea, but then uh, I started getting messages from the Yang Gang where they were pointing out all of the countries that have had a wealth tax and they had repealed the wealth tax because it didn't work as well as they thought it would. So there are 13 European countries that have tried and failed with the wealth tax. I think there must be a more effective solution here
0: that um yeah yeah um i saw andrew yang he had said uh, basically um this yours wouldn't cover this because uh you're doing a different version but his uh ubi freedom dividend to give everyone a thousand dollars a month um instead of a wealth tax he would just be basically getting the money by taxing the big corporations through a vat um so that's what he said he had covered that uh so that's, uh, years would not cover that. So, yeah, I'd love to uh, see if you, so from what I'm saying, you're not in favor of a wealth tax uh, currently. Don't no. Uh, a- Andrew Yang's, uh, that tax would actually, uh,
1: it would affect everyone. Oh, it would? Yes. And I actually support that idea too. So when I was, uh, one time I went to uh, the UK and I bought something and then on the receipt, I saw like, it was, it was like this 22% tax. And I was like, wow, this is a big tax. What, yeah. what do they spend it on? And when you think about like your income taxes and stuff, uh, where you think, where does all of this go to? So if we had something like a BI program where it, you would personally see the benefits of it,
0: um, I think it would be very good. Yeah, um, I would love to see. I, I haven't really studied VATs that much. I would. I really want to uh, look into them more. Um, but I think. Uh, I think there's. Uh, I looked at, at a map of uh, VATs that are
1: implemented, and I think there are some countries that are. Uh, up to like almost thirty percent.
0: Oh wow! Tax. That's crazy. Um yeah. yeah. I would definitely. I definitely need to look into that more and see i really like to see all the details about that playing it seems really interesting actually um moving on for the last what i want to see your stance on um gun control i didn't really see on your website anything about gun control i might have missed it but what is your stance on gun control
1: uh that's because i don't uh post about gun control very often uh but there is the one chart uh, that I have posted that I remember very well that had uh, gun violence and gun ownership for several different countries. And we were in between uh, India and Argentina for the amount of deaths uh, from guns, I think it was every year. but the gun gun ownership in Argentina and India, is only it was it was a very low percentage of people had guns, but uh, it was similar to ours. Meanwhile, there were other countries like Sw- Switzerland, Switzerland, which had um, virtually like no gun violence deaths, but they had a very high uh, gun ownership. So I think what we should could do at the federal level is we could uh, we can implement some of the stricter. Gu- uh, gun control from states like uh, California where I think we have universal background checks and we also uh, restrict restrict the types of firearms that you can have. So I think, uh, for example, I think the clips are not allowed to hold more than 10 rounds at a time. So if we could federalize that so that it's the same in every state, uh, it would take away some of the bureaucracy and it would also improve uh, the common-sense safety of every, everything.
0: Yeah, um, that's kind of where I stand on that. So I definitely don't believe in, like, banning a lot of guns, but um, I definitely have been exploring the idea, especially, like, with, like, high-capacity magazines because of the statistics that show yeah. um, shootings with high-capacity magazines increased the uh, death of, uh, it was 114%, and increased the death toll of and so that kind of stuck out to me, and it showed that like, we're not, not banning like, all the guns. You can have firearms, the Second Amendment will be protected, but we need to have common sense on what kind of guns we're going to allow. Um, so moving on, you founded the UBI Caucus. Uh, what exactly is that?
1: So the UBI Caucus is a collection of approximately 30 candidates that have taken a pledge to support universal basic income. Uh, we have, uh, not been able to contact Andrew Yang yet, uh, fortunately, but we have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, house of representatives, candidates, Senate candidates, and we even have, uh, the Repu- Republican, uh, presidential candidate Zoltan, who is running against Trump.
0: <laughs> yes, I know him. Um, his name is, I think it's Mike Zoltan's is that his name, I think? I think so. Uh, I've seen him a while back. It might be wrong, uh, but yeah, that's actually really interesting because one of the questions I had was about uh, how will you pass a UBI in Congress, and I think it's a really cool idea about getting people to pledge their support and trying to get them um, in there. But even if we elect, even if uh, say some of these people don't get elected, and you get elected to Congress, and not everyone in this caucus or people you're trying to reach out to are supporting this, how do you plan to push a universal basic income? through Congress and to become a law.
1: Um, Do you know that much about how social security was implemented? Uh, Not too much. Um, So social security uh, was originally a form of universal basic income, or that's how they uh, introduced it.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: But then they added it so, so that it was only for seniors. And there was so much public support on uh on this social security program that they just nobody could vote against it because it was so unpopular which you can still kind of see now uh, if someone votes to cut social security then they will usually uh not do very well in the next election
0: yeah um i think this
1: is this is something where we could uh we can use like the public support, like Andrew Yang has the Yang gang that yeah. very, that's very <laughs> excited about his campaign. Yeah. And if we can keep this uh, going forward around UBI, uh, we will get it. And I think it will be necessary because, you know, as a robotics engineer, I, uh, I can see the robots that replace the people,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely. So you basically, you're going to be harnessing the uh, voice of the people and kind of just using that because making it very unpopular um, to basically not vote for it. Um, That's actually a really interesting idea, which kind of brings back into the play of bringing the people into Congress, because we only have um, a certain amount of people that get to represent these states in Congress. But when uh, I think it's really neat, really just harnessing the voice of the people at home and what they think, yep. bringing that to Congress. That's something that a lot of Congress uh, women laugh, uh, lack a lot. And so I think that's actually really interesting and really cool. Um, so you are running against four candidates plus one incumbent, so five total. Um, yeah. So Josh Harder, that's the incumbent, yep. uh, Mike Barley, Ron, uh, I mean, Bob Elliott, Ted Howells, and Marla Living Good, three Republicans and two Democrats. Um, So, what's your strategy going? There's there's, there's actually three Democrats. There's me too. Oh yeah, there's you. Yeah, yes, and yeah, so three three and
2: three.
0: Um. So you're running against. So there's three Democrats, three Republicans. You're running against two Democrats and three Republicans. That's correct. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, what's your strategy going into such a crowded field?
1: Um. Well, we have a, a debate in three weeks uh, where all six of us will be on stage at the same time. And I'm hoping that my arguments will help me stand out there. I think uh, overall just my policy on its own stands out because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that is supporting universal basic income. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, I I posted... Uh, to the other five candidates, and I said, we should all join together and say no to uh, war with Iran. Mm-hmm. And nobody, much to my disappointment, nobody answered me. That, yeah. So, um, just being uh, being in these two uh, very popular uh, ideas, mm-hmm. I just I think that will help me, but I'm not sure exactly how much.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think I would love to see that debate. Is it going to be live streamed?
1: Uh, maybe. I think it might have been
0: in twenty eighteen. mm mm-hmm. Um. So it might. I ho- yeah, that'd be great. I would love to watch that. Um, that would be absolutely great. Um, I haven't heard much about the other candidates. I looked into them a little bit, and from what I've seen, um, I've seen that basically, uh, you you stand one of the best chance against uh the incumbent currently from what i've seen from your support uh followers and everything when i've looked into it um you stand one of the best chances against him um from your how how much support you have currently uh things can change throughout the year but right now currently so i'd love to um i'd love to see how the race changes going forward um and i'm hoping that we can we can flip the congress we have now and um and so I'm really hoping that you um, – hoping you do get some more support as this year goes. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, so currently, let's move on. Um, something that you have to, you're going to have to serve under if you do get elected, which is the next president. And this presidential race, uh, the primary that's going on. So from what I've seen, Andrew Yang is your number one choice. Um, who yes. is uh, – why do you – I think andrew yang is fit to be president and why would you want to work under his administration because
1: data uh andrew yang is the candidate that looks at the data and the statistics behind something before supporting it which mm-hmm. is something that is very uh useful when you're trying to run a country yeah uh. <laughs> so like uh they had a president. One of the presidential debates, it might have been the November one, where um, Elizabeth Warren got on stage and she said that automation uh, wasn't a threat to jobs. So I was like, yeah. I was so, I was so confused. I was like, Is is this person serious? Yeah. And then uh, when Tom Steyer said that there was no safe way to hold uh, nuclear waste, I was. I was confused because I was, I already knew of our storage methods. (laughs) So I think, uh, yeah, having someone, having someone that looks at the science before saying something is very important.
0: Yeah. I think that is very important. I've seen, I mean, we've seen, I mean, a lot of times with the current president who hasn't looked at um, data before he's made very important actions. Um, yeah, I think that you're really like, the other day, whenever I would walk into McDonald's and see the self-serve kiosk um, and I hear about how people like companies laying off workers and stuff, I, I can no doubt definitely see it's a threat. Um, I I also had the same kind of problem. I was really wondering, I was like, you I really don't think that's a threat. I mean, it's been proven that this is being taken, I mean, taking jobs away. Um, but so...
1: I think uh, it was a government report. I think it might have been from the White House in 2016. But they estimated that up to 73 million jobs might be lost before 2030.
0: Jeez, that's, yeah, that's insane. And we see, yeah, I'm not seeing anyone except, uh, you know, like currently who's in office. There's no one working really hard to uh, help. Like there are people who, of course, are trying to help get jobs back and they are against this, but like no one that's really pushing this. And I do appreciate Andrew Yang pushing that, um, an idea that's not really that popular. It's not really that pop. No one's really thinking, and people are thinking about it, but it's not that huge people thinking about jobs being taken away by robots. People think that's not really, yep. right. Um, and so yep. you know at the forefront.
1: If, if Andrew Yang hadn't mentioned automation so many times, I would not be running right now because yeah. I wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was, watching the race, uh, through, uh, you know, for through call cause he's my favorite political, uh, reporter,
2: mm-hmm. but,
1: uh, he talks about Bernie Sanders all the time. And I was like, yeah, Bernie Sanders, he's finally, finally going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard, uh, Andrew Yang speak about automation and, you know, yeah. I, I, I identified with that, and then I was looking at these other candidates that said, "You know, this isn't a threat to our jobs." Yeah. And uh, I knew that an- even if Andrew Yang wins, he's going to need people that support him. Yeah. So I decided, I decided to run because uh, I I didn't think anybody else would speak about automation as well as I could.
0: Yeah. Especially because you've seen that you've worked in that business, um, from what I've seen, um, which gives you really a firsthand experience knowing what you're talking about and what you've seen. Um, So, is there any other candidate that you would support uh, and wanting to work under?
1: Uh, For president? Mm
0: -hmm. Yes.
1: Uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Yes. Uh, Because. he's what got he's the person that got me interested into politics so Mm. up and up until about 2015 I was a very neutral party and I uh refused to vote because from my point of view uh everyone was corrupt yeah so I (laughs) I don't want to vote for the lesser of two evils exactly Uh, yeah and then I I heard uh I saw a speech from Bernie Sanders where he was talking about Medicare for all. And he was talking about, uh, eliminating college debt and raising the minimum wage. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Oh, these are all common sense. Good ideas. What let's do it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I, I followed him for like four years and up until like September, 2019, I was like, yeah, of course, Bernie Sanders He's the best candidate, but I have, uh, he is now my second
0: favorite. Yeah,
1: If Andrew Yang and Bernie Sanders both lose, I am going to change my party.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people um, switch from Bernie to Yang um, recently. It's I've seen uh, that's been a, a good bit of people actually. That's um, really interesting to me seeing people. Um, who've been supporting Bernie ever since he first ran uh, and are now switching over to Andrew Yang. And that, that's, that's crazy to me. Um, and so, yeah, changing your party, whenever that, yeah, I can understand that. Um, there, this race, there is, I would vote for Donald Trump over, uh, if I could vote, I would vote for Donald Trump over a, a good bit of the candidates in the race. If I'm being honest. Uh, if I had to, i Like obviously, I wouldn't want to. Um, but if I had to pick one or the other, I honestly would, <laughs> um, because some of them are just blatantly like, it, some like I I could take another four years, even though it hurts. But um, yeah, I, I it's just great. So you said Bernie Sanders got you interested in politics. Um, have you ever thought before this year, or last year? Um, twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen, that kind of era. Have you? Did you ever think about a political career? No. So never. No, that's crazy. That's kind of the same kind of view as like Andrew Yang. Um, and I hate to say it, but like Donald Trump. It's really interesting when, when I see um, Andrew Yang has said like multiple times when they say something like, about being a politician. He's like, I'm not a politician. Um, and it was kind of like the same kind of thing. Donald Trump said whenever he was in the race, um, he said, "They said, Did you ever think about becoming president?'" And he was like, "Only if I think the country needs me," which we clearly did not. Um, <laughs> but but um, <coughs> I think people kind of resonate with people who are just like them. Like Andrew Yang is not some crazy rich billionaire. He's not some big political um figure he was just I mean, he had done he had made good accomplishments of adventure for america you know like met with uh barack obama and stuff um but he he was still he was a person like he was a normal person um going through the same kind of problems that especially we has a disabled kid um kid with disabilities his kid has autism um he he really understands, I feel like, uh, what people go through. And I think that's what re- voters really like about candidates like him. I think that's part of the reason Donald Trump won um, was because people liked how he wasn't a politician, that he was just who he is. Um, and I think that that's something that a lot of voters, a lot of candidates are going to have to understand. Like people like uh, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, and Pete Buttigieg, like, They're not going to win against Trump. I don't think Joe Biden would have the best chance. But I truly don't think they're going to um, win against Trump because voters are resignating, even if Donald Trump is saying whatever, they're resignating with someone um, like that. So that honestly is um, really interesting. So uh, when, uh, when did you decide that you were going to run for Congress? When I was driving on the freeway in the middle of the night so <laughs>
1: I, that's that's when I was thinking about it uh, so it was it was literally the day after I got married uh, oh. I was driving on i five to my hun- honeymoon. It was two in the morning, and I was thinking about how dangerous uh, it was to drive when I was that tired because. Uh, there was one time a couple of years ago where I actually fell asleep while driving and I woke up and it was really scary. Uh, I, I knew that I, I knew that I was dangerous and I was thinking about the laws in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was think I was thinking it would be much safer if we had their laws than our laws. Um, so in Germany, their, uh, their rates of uh, crack, fatal crashes, is only one third of the United States. Oh, wow. And how they do that is because uh, they have very strict uh, regulations you have to follow to get a driver's license mm-hmm. as well as to, have to own a car. Because they have uh, government expe- ex- inspections. Uh, I'm not sure what the interval is, but it might be in Japan, I think they have it every year where the government will inspect your vehicle to make sure that it is safe. And also a driver's license in Germany is like $3,000 because of all of the training. So something that I want to do, or it's what I was thinking of uh, on that night when I first considered running, was uh, if we train people and if uh, they maintain their car very well, Mm -hmm. then maybe we should give them a bumper sticker to be exempt from speed limits because in Germany, they don't have any speed limits. So uh, if you know, if you understand how to drive very well and your car is very good, uh, you can determine what is safe and you don't need uh, a speed limit sign telling you what speed is safe.
0: And I feel like that could also... Um, it would lower definitely lower tickets through this um if this were to be effective um which that would definitely lower and that would definitely help i'd never really heard of that before that's an interesting thought um so yeah we kind of have in louisiana we kind of have something. we um accept it's not really it's different but we have thing in uh do y'all have inspection stickers cuz i think it's only a few states that have these
1: um uh the only, in California, I think the only inspection that we do is uh, smog, which just checks the emissions of the vehicle. But I'm talking about more of like the, uh, the mach- mechanical integrity of, you know, like the, the suspension, the wheels, uh, yeah. everything, the, so whole, the whole package.
0: Basically to make sure that you're only getting the safest people. Um, making sure that you are, if if you're going to drive a car, we're making sure that you can drive a car and that you your car is safe to be on the road. Yeah. Um, it, it's, kind of, it's completely optional. With, the option. with the, yeah, uh,
2: yeah. Which uh,
1: reminds me, actually, uh, earlier when we were talking about gun control,
0: that's what uh, I, was
1: I, I wanted to mention uh, optional buybacks, but I forgot. Hmm.
0: Uh, so uh, oh, yeah. Okay, that's actually really interesting because
1: uh <laughs> uh you know if if you have a lot of guns and you don't want them anymore and you sell them to someone, who are you going to sell them to yeah um, I, if the government had a program where we would uh could pay people uh money for their guns there it would it might it might reduce the black market
0: yeah actually yeah uh I've seen that some places have done that for little times. Um, But I think that's an an optional buyback uh, is interesting. It would be an interesting idea to definitely look into um, because yeah, whenever you're selling a gun, you don't want, where are you going to sell it to that can, who knows where, but if you're having the government, it'd be a direct and easy way um, to, you know, to sell your gun and you know, it's credible. It's going to go do whatever, except I mean, I don't know under this administration if I would be given the money. I mean, I get given money, whatever, giving it to a good cause. But um, anyway, I do think that that definitely is something that's interesting. Um, we've seen people in the gun, going back to kind of gun control, like uh, Beto Rourke. Beto O'Rourke, uh, I can't even say his name, like Beto or Beto. Beto. Yes, Rourke, who um, wanted to have to get the gun
1: uh, Yeah,
0: I and I mean, <laughs> I whenever I heard that. I just, I didn't. It was obvious. Like he's not going to win this. Um, I don't think we should <laughs> he ever So fast. <laughs> I know. Um, he he had to
1: drop out because of that statement. That's how. Uh, yeah. That's how.
0: <sighs> I think you definitely should not have mandatory buybacks. Um, but that's definitely really interesting. Um, so, what if you were to say just the main reason you're running for Congress? What would it be? The number one main reason
1: uh to uh, to expand the working class uh, expand the middle class that's my that's, number one
0: that's yeah that's what i've seen a lot like kind of same statement that elizabeth warren's making except her policies are different um but that same kind of mode i think that's something because like uh there was someone who was saying <clears throat> they were saying we the middle class is the most important group of people in america um and it's shrinking and the fact that it's shrinking it's it's not good and that's going that's giving to either it's either putting the people in poverty who can't have a say no matter what or it's having putting people in the uh higher billionaire millionaire class who are having Mostly the bottom. Yes, exactly. Um see so yeah, I think that's that that's a statement that I can truly 100% yes. agree with. Um, I think that's And it. I think I think we can do better than a minimum wage too.
1: I think a combination of the universal basic income and the minimum wage is the best way to go Mm -hmm. uh, because it uh, effectively increases your salary. uh, But you can also, you can also do other things too. So one, one thing that I've been thinking about a lot is the uh, extra productivity that is caused by automation. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we're producing more stuff than ever, but we're actually working the same amount of hours as a country. Mm-hmm. So one thing I want to do is I wanted to, uh, I was thinking about starting overtime at uh, less hours. So as
2: mm-hmm.
1: everyone knows, overtime starts when you work more than 40 hours. Yeah. But I, was, I was thinking about maybe starting it at 32 hours, which would give uh, make every weekend a three-day weekend.
0: Oh wow, that's yeah. I never heard of that before. And that's I, you have a lot of the interesting ideas I've never really heard of before. Which is kind of the same kind of platform I've seen, like Andrew Yang and that, and uh, that kind of those kind of candidates I've seen. Um, and I, I really like how there's these outside the box ideas. Even if I or voters don't agree with all of them, the fact that we're think, you're thinking about um, more than just basic um, ideas. Is really interesting. So you did mention uh, a universal basic income with a minimum wage. Um, what is the minimum wage? What would what do you want the minimum wage to be? Um.
1: Well, it makes sense that different regions would have different minimum wages.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: right now in California, I think the minimum wage is thirteen dollars an hour,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: in the Bay Area. The, I think Santa Clara County has passed a $15 minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's very important to have different minimum wages at different communities. But I also think that the $7 federal minimum wage is way too low. Yeah. Um, before, uh, I used to be registered with the California nat- National Party.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of that party's things is that Uh, they say that California is being treated unfairly because a lot of our tax dollars go to subsidizing uh, poorer states like Kentucky, which have lower minimum wages. So our taxes go to help them. So Mm -hmm. if we raise the minimum wage to something like maybe $12, uh, it will help uh, so that our taxes don't go all to the same place Mm -hmm. and uh, if we add a UBI of $1,000 a month on top of it, that $12 an hour suddenly becomes $18 an hour, which Mm -hmm. is better than the $15 minimum wage that a lot of people are proposing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That actually makes sense. Now, because you think about it, whenever you're having the $1,000 a month, um, which is going to definitely pour in to the economy on top of that. Um, that is a really interesting idea about at basically layering these two different things and creating one, uh, making a make, basically making families where they can afford uh, having a good livable wage. I think that's definitely really interesting. Um, well, thank you for coming on here today. I appreciate that you took the time and uh, came and just told me and shared with us your stances and what you believe in. Uh, I really enjoyed you having, uh, having you on here today.
1: Yes, a uh, very good conversation. Uh, I'll come come back at a later time, maybe.
0: Absolutely, I would love to have you. Just tell me when, and mm-hmm. we'll get it right. <laughs> so again, yes, thank yeah. you very much today. I mean, thank you everyone who listened. Um, I, again, like I appreciate you very much. So yes, I will see y'all next week or three after. I will try and post next week or so. And until next time, Ryan Blevins.